This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. Let's get straight to business. Last time we spoke to him in Kiev, this was the situation. The expectation is that there will be large planes with parachute regiments falling from the sky. And I'm close enough to know that uh, that can be metres from my house here. And they come to kill. So you and your you mentioned your wife, her daughter, grandchild, her mother... All your lives are in peril as you speak to me. Yes. You're not going to get home to Ireland. No, I'm not, am I? No, that uh, was his feelings at that stage and he had to leave us abruptly as Jet swooped in. We haven't spoken to him since. Brendan Murphy, hello again. Where are you? Well, I'm in Warsaw now and he missed me. Oh, my God almighty, you're out. I am, I am indeed and we're all... We're all very tired, but, uh, you know, it's a different world. It's a very strange thing when you cross a line and you go from intense risk with block points and soldiers and lots of war, and then you go to a country where it's, well, it'd be a bit like going to Dundalk or Drogheda and you're wandering around saying, I don't understand this man at all. You know, I don't understand how it can be that. And it's a line and a border, and that's the way it is. So you feel safe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm divided, of course, because, you know, there's friends and people I know very well having an awful time. And half of me wants to leave the family in back home and then go back again. And the other half is saying you have to look after your family. And so it's very conflicted. What's it like there, numbers-wise? Are thousands of people spilling out of Ukraine into Poland? Oh, millions. I think that they were at 800,000. But when we got got to the border, it was good to get to the border, but the cordon took five hours, Mm. paperwork-wise, you know, and uh, that's just the way it is. And where are you? Where are you uh, staying? What's your circumstances? Well, we're staying with 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 a family relative in Warsaw, and we've had, as you probably know, we've been going to safe house, to safe house, to safe house. Uh, but now we're here, we need to plot through Germany, France and get to, to the ferry, you know. And that'll be a couple of days because 
as you can imagine, an 80 year old is not the best, not, not the best at the minute, you know, so we yeah. need to draw breath, you know. Mm. But your ultimate aim is to make your way across Europe now and back home here to the northeast. Exactly. The news we are seeing, you know, from our perspective, and I'll just say to you, Brendan, a Western perspective, has been countered by Russian news as well that's painting an entirely different picture. Can you confirm for anybody that's in any doubt what's happening? It is a full-scale assault war by Russia to take over Ukraine. That's the bottom line. It's a, it's a massive war, right? And there's children being killed, schools are bombed, you know, missiles hitting the nuclear power, cent- uh, nuclear power plant in Zaporizhia. This is a full-scale war. I mean, NATO's not meeting currently to say, well, let's have you know, order lunch. They're meeting because they understand that nuclear power plants are part of a, of a, a process of war. And there's people dead. I can, I will show you photographs when I get back of places that where I lived and just mountains of steel and dead bodies. And you'd be appalled. You couldn't publish them in Ireland because they're so horrific. So anyone who thinks this is not happening, uh, I understand that because it's very hard to get your head around it. But the reality is this is a full-scale war where houses, housing complex, flats, if you think of anywhere like... I don't know, Ballymon or anywhere like that, they'd be flattened, you know? It's awful. The Ukrainian army and people are some people for what they have against the might of Russia. They really are putting up some fight. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. They're defending their country because it's the only country they have, right? And they need to do that. Um... You know, and they will, and they'll not stop. Mm. And every bo- every village, every town, if you can imagine going to, to, to a, between Dundalk and Drogheda, there'll be a block post on every junction on the road. You know, and it will be the local people who'd be manning them with the local police and uh, and people who have military experience. And they're defending because they know that when, when it comes, they're not shy in killing children and young people and old people and anyone else between there's hospitals where, you know, orphans have no food and water and they won't allow a humanitarian corridor to relieve them. And this is the reality of what's going on. But, of course, Russia's not going to say that. They're going to deny it. But the truth is the truth. And that can never be denied. And this whole thing of uh, fake news and all this just gets under my skin, to be honest with you. I watched a documentary on Netflix last night. I mentioned it yesterday, Brendan, called Winter on Fire about the Ukrainian yes. revolution. Are you familiar with it? I am, yeah. I, I know it. It's, it's a respected because it, of the accuracy. It wasn't something that was tried to make it into, you know, a, a, a Hollywood film. It's just accuracy. Mm. And this is worse, right? This is worse, you know? And I'm more than happy to share privately images with you. And you'll see them and say, Jesus, that's somebody's. That's, that's, you know, you can see it before and after. And you'll say, is that, that's just, you'll not be able to understand the, just the horror of this. Mm. Because that program disturbed me greatly when I saw what people who were unarmed and out protesting peacefully were subjected to by Lukashenko and his henchmen. And then, what people may not realise, 
Ukraine was on the point of agreement with the EU and he absolutely sold out on the country and turned his back on it at the last minute and threw his lot in. Well, he was probably in with him previously with Putin and flew out of the country then into Russia. Yeah, he did and took about 60 billion of gold and cash and God knows what in trucks and trucks and trunks, all guarded by Russian troops. So the seeds of this go right back, you know what I mean? Not uh, to when uh, the, the Soviet Union collapsed at the USSR, but e- even more recently uh, in 2014. But such brave people, I have to say, the bravest of brave people you, you ever saw. But it informed me much more uh, what underpins this whole thing and where th- this is actually coming from. Look, at uh, I- I'm delighted we talked to you because honestly, we feared when you left us abruptly last week, we feared for your life Brendan well you're not alone to be, to be honest I'm laughing now but I wasn't in the best of humours at the time no. but yeah so and I apologise to everybody who was listening it wasn't my intention just to leave everybody in a flat panic but uh, you know when warships when warplanes are above your head you kind of have to move mm, you know you do you do so apologies oh no apologies. I'll, I'll tell you you brought <laughs> unbelievable drama live to the airways and you don't want that drama never does anybody want it in their lives um no. Oh my! Oh my! When I when I think about what's happening and why is it happening? Why are we uh, inhumane, one man, one woman to another man, another woman, because of what a border, as you say, a line you cross? What is it? What? What? Oh, I just I, I'm trying to get my head around this. How how fragile Brendan life is, and how things can turn on their heads so quickly. You're right, and 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 the, and and the God should be thanked for not for people in Ireland having no clue and people in France and Germany having no clue that people can carry on and just it's something on the news and it's a distraction like you know a soccer match or something else it's just a bit of trouble somewhere but the reality for the people who are living in it is is it is a you know world war level destruction and death and misery and uh, it's it's really unspeakable and uh, you know everybody's in trouble and it's great when they manage to get people out the Irpine, which is the town that i would spend most time they got 1500 children and, and and women out yesterday but now they're under attack again you know and they're playing you know hide and seek trying to get people on pl- uh, trains and getting them out uh, before the next attack but i know that there's schools and hospitals where you know the patients just can't be moved and can't be approached and they're in awful trouble and and i'm asked to see if i can help and the only thing you can do is um is is send money onto a card so they can buy something when it's uh, uh you know when it's safe but nobody can supply them because they're because you'd be killed you know mm. the safe corridors we're hearing about that russia has agreed with Ukraine. Is that a reality? Safe passage for people? Well, in 2014, they agreed a safe passage for 2,000 people. They slaughtered 267 and were using tanks, rockets and rocket launchers and machine guns. Hmm. So you tell me what can be trusted. That's the problem. And, and, and before we finish, you honestly have that desire in your heart. If your family were safe and sound and you were content with that, there's something within you. Brendan Murphy, an Irishman from the northeast here in Ireland, has so much affinity with the Ukrainian people, you'd go back. I think 
I think many, many people seeing a place so badly treated would feel very strongly to go back and to do what you can. And I'm not a military person. I wouldn't know one end of a gun to another. And I'm not saying I would sort of take on that, but to help people with humanity, with aid, with helping people move around, old people who are housebound, getting them water and food. Uh, even if I was to be able to to be in Ireland and, and, and raise funds or just be able to highlight this school, this hospital, I'd do that willingly, absolutely all day, every day. But it, I am a large part of me echoes now this noise in my head saying, Brendan, go back. You have to go back. You can't leave them. Isn't that unbelievable that you have that and you're not alone. There are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people with the same feeling. Brendan, we're delighted to talk to you today and hear that your family are out, sadly out of the place you love and your family's homeland. But I wish you safe journey across Europe and home here to the northeast. And I thank you for joining us again today on the show. Take Thanks care. very much. No better place to be coming home to. Thanks. Bye now. Bye. Bye, Brendan. Bye bye. That's uh, <laughs> Brendan Murphy there from County Loud. Oh, my God almighty. Isn't it just. I was trying to figure this out in my head on my own today. This whole thing. And I, I just thought about the human race and it's it's never been any different, has it? The, the senseless wars over what? They all come to an end. They're all settled at one stage or another. All the loss of life. The children, the women, people in hospital, as you heard Brendan saying there. What is this all about, ultimately? Does somebody think they can actually control the world, the complete world, or a big part of it? You know, I I just can't, I I, I really can't figure it out. But I say it again, I'll say this again and put my cards on the table. I've been reared in a, a lovely country, and we've had our troubles here in the past in the north of Ireland and in this neck of the woods too and we'd be close to it here in the northeast. But I've grown up in freedom with the right to do what I want myself in a democracy with all its warts and all and my God are there warts in Western society and democracy. But I say it clearly again. I do not want to live in a country ruled by a dictator where freedoms are denied I don't want to live in that country, be it Russia, North Korea, China, any of the other countries who have that way of keeping their people and society down. I stand clearly on the other side. And I believe your freedoms and your civil liberties are a human right. And I honestly believe we must all strive and fight for that and stand up in the West and be counted. And my God, that may mean horrific times ahead. But the future of Europe and perhaps democracy in the world is on the line here. There's no doubt about that at this time. And perhaps World War Three has already begun. I don't like saying that, but perhaps it really has. And that's something we may all have to face sooner or later. I do want to mention uh, that LMFM Radio is asking you to support the Irish Red Cross UK 
Ukraine crisis appeal. And I, I, I mentioned this myself in the show a few days ago. It is the most direct way to get aid into Ukraine very, very quickly. And the Irish Red Cross need all of our help now because, look, you heard what Brendan Murphy had to say there. It is a humanitarian disaster on the ground uh, unfolding and will unfold even more over the days and weeks ahead. So you can donate. It's quite simple to the Irish Red Cross Ukraine appeal on lmfm.ie forward slash aid. That's lmfm.ie forward slash aid. And every euro donation is really appreciated. Thank you so much. We'll move on in the show today and each Friday on Late Launch, well, we'll try to lift your mood, won't we? Because it's not easy at this time, I understand. But anyway, we have to all get on with our lives too and do our best in the circumstances. It's time for your comedy on Friday and I'm going back to a mainstay of laughter. He hasn't been uh, in the public eye for quite a while. He's had health issues. I'm talking about Mr. Peter Kay. And here he is. Oh, God, he's always on the money, isn't he? Observing life. Talking about the things that we all say. I used to work in a shop, mate, and I used to till stuff up. Showing you, look. When people came in, they come in. <laughs> I'd say that's, uh, that's uh, £3.42, please. Do you want the 42? What? <laughs> Do you want the 42? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be three quid. And that's not enough, is it? No, you're all right. I'll take it out my wage, shall I? Eh? People say stupid things. A woman come up to me in Bolton at Christmas. She went, excuse me, love, excuse me. Am I going the right way? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where you're going. I'll tell you this for free. I love that one. I'll tell you this for free. Put your money away. <laughs> Believe you me. Believe you me. Me? What did I get dragged into? You me? What did I? You me? What's it going to do with me? You me? I won't touch him with a barge pole. Who's got a barge pole? Who's got a barge pole? I won't touch him with a ten foot pole. <laughs> I, oh no. Oh no. He's happy as Larry. Who's this Larry? Who, who's this Larry fella? We can compare ourselves to, he's that happy. First things first, that's a belter. Come on, first things first. Really, let's have first things third, shall we? Well, I love it when you come back off your holidays and people say, hey, I see you brought the good weather back with you. Imagine that at customs, eh? Come a look in here, shall we? See what oh, Jesus Christ, I'm blinded, blinded. In crowded house here, look at that, eh? I went around my grandma's flat, I walked in, she said, guess who's dead? <laughs> guess who's dead? I've got a guess. Guess who's dead? Where'd you start with something like that? <laughs> guess who's dead? You'll never guess. Chuck me phone book. <laughs> Connie. Who? Connie. <laughs> who's Connie? Connie. It flat upstairs. I heard a thud during bargain hunt. Connie, 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 Connie. Oh, well, now you've repeated it. Bloody pennies dropped now. There were Connie Patton Treason, Joe, he had a beard, emigrates to Canada. Member, John R.E.F., big lad. His daughter Donna, granddaughter, used to be nursery with you, she had crayons. She's in police now, she's a desk sergeant. She had a club foot, she had a kinky leg when she walked. Used to work at Warburton's. Jimmy's in Barcel, in Octonundown on Green Lane. In a three wheeler. Kelly and Angela, 
live over at dry cleaners together. They're both men. You know? <laughs> she can't say lesbian, me nana. She'll burn if she says lesbian. They're both men. You know? Is it hot in here? Is it me? I love that. Is it hot in here? Is it me? How is he? He's all right. But how is he in himself? How is he in himself? What is it? Contortionist? <laughs> Simply brilliant. The wonderful Peter Kay observing life fantastically as he always does i just love him to bits please god he'll be back entertaining us on the stage and tv soon he is a rare rare talent and we'll have more comedy for you on late lunch round about this time a week from today coming up after two nikki kyle and myself are in the garden oh i'm looking forward to it it's all systems go for gardeners isn't it the first of March just gone by. We're ready to get rocking and rolling, and Nikki will advise. Into two, it's Christy. I'm an ordinary man, nothing special, nothing grand. I've had to work for everything. Now, I mentioned uh, at the end of the weather forecast there that frost was on the way this evening, zero to minus three. I'm sure Nikki Kyle has the fleece ready to go. Nikki, good afternoon. <laughs> I sure have. Good afternoon, Jerry. <laughs> isn't yeah, that we'll a... need lots of fleece tonight, I think. We will, Nikki. But yeah. isn't that a facet I was just thinking as I was opening up my vents in my greenhouse and tunnel this morning, that you have these extremes at this time of yeah. the year, the real cold nights, and during the day, if you don't ventilate, everything's scorched. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Even with both polytunnel doors open this morning, it was over 60 degrees in there at sort of 10 o'clock, and I was puffing up um, the ceilings with my pet robin sitting on the wheelbarrow, you know, <laughs> begging for food occasionally. It was rather rather lovely and quite a contrast to the awful things happening yes yes and and we acknowledge those as they go on and we try to just continue with our lives but nikki important to say ventilate during the day and lots of fleece at night time lots of fleece at night and actually more you know if you've got only got light fleece several covers uh, are better than one um, because they trap air a bit like sort of a duvet you know Mm. and uh, if you haven't got more than one thing of fleece then put some newspaper on top of it um, and actually, every morning in this kind of weather, I take mine off and I hang it up because it gets quite wet overnight with plants sort of breathing out um, carbon dioxide, you know, and vapour. Um, they get damp and mm. they're useless against frost if they're damp. So take them off in the morning, dry them out um, and, uh, you know, put them on again in the evening. Now, the other thing about uh, the days getting longer and some heat in the daytime, uh, even given the very, very cold nights, pollinators and assisting with pollinating you wanted to talk about this today for a few moments well just very quickly just would everybody please grow some single flowers nectar and pollen producing flowers for pollinating uh, you know bees and not just bees but other insects like hoverflies and even sort of houseflies all kinds of insects are pollinators wasps are brilliant pollinators and they're terribly important because about 80 percent of our food is actually produced by these pollinating insects Uh, And without them, you know, we're all going to starve or have a very restricted diet. So, you know, we really need them. And it's getting serious. I mean, it's very noticeable with the sort of um, odd seasons, erratic weather we're having, that there's far fewer around this year already. I mean, I know it's cold, but there should be more bees out on a day like this. uh, And they're just not there. How are you faring out with the beautiful peaches and in flower? Does it need pollinating at the minute? I'm afraid, and, and hopefully, I saw one or two small flies in there this morning. Actually, flies are quite good pollinators, um, but I'm going to have to get out with the paintbrush and the old stick, Jerry. I could do with you here to have a, <laughs> help. But, you know, 
it's just one of the things we have to do. And, and you know, we're not going to have lovely fruits like that if we don't look after our pollinators. And don't use pesticides, please. Grow lots of flowers, uh, especially in tunnels and greenhouses, because that's where they're dry. And the bees remember where they are, and they keep coming back to them all the time. Yes, and they do a great job for you. Now, let's do a little review, because I am following you, of course, yeah. and, and your uh, expertise. I'll, I'll just take you through uh, how, how I am at the moment. My early potatoes, which I bought in December, they're called Jazzy. They're a, a variety grown in the north of Ireland. Uh, they're a salad. I got them in Marks and Spencer's. They're flying in the pots. They're up really? now, Nikki. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're really molting along at this stage. Yeah. And that's one. Uh, my beefsteak tomatoes and the peppers that you spoke about to us a few weeks back, uh, they're up. And the peppers take a long time to germinate, don't they? they? They do take a little bit longer than tomatoes. You know, tom- We're all used to growing tomatoes and they're terribly easy, but peppers and aubergines are a little bit more tricky. But once you get them over the first um, you know, few weeks, they're fine. But you have to be terribly careful about watering them too. They're not as tough as tomatoes. Always water them from the bottom. If they need a bit of water, just sit them in something for a, a few seconds and they'll be fine. Is it the same when you put them into, the, say, their final pots? Are you better yeah. bottom watering, yes? Yeah, you are really, um, because they have a tendency to sort of rot around the neck, a bit like cucumbers, you know, yeah. where the stem joins the roots. And aubergines do the same. And I actually tend to plant them on a bit of a mound. Oh, I yeah. mean, we're, we're ahead of ourselves here. We don't need to know that yet. Yeah, yeah, no, we're flying ahead. Yeah. A few weeks ahead is right. Also, I have my, I have some lettuce and early cabbage uh, peeping up as well. So they're coming on nicely. They're in the propagators. Just to ask you, with the uh, tomatoes that I've moved once into smaller pots already, can I put them then out on the heated mat from the propagator? Is that where they go next? Yes, they'll go on to gently heated mat. Now, they don't need more than 50 degrees Fahrenheit or 10 degrees centigrade at the roots. That's where they need it, you know. But you do need to protect the tops on very cold, frosty nights. Yes. So, I mean, I use all kinds of things. An old, um, you know, uh, clothes error or, or something, you know, um, uh, would be clothes horse would be fine for draping some fleece over. Just okay. don't let the fleece rest on the tops because they might just still catch the Yes, keep that off them. Yeah. But protect them over the mat with the fleece yeah. and that'll keep them moving along nicely then. Yeah. Um, our famous strawberry, the, the ones that you put me on to our... Albion, yeah. they're flowering away in the pots in the, yeah. in the polytunnel. Well, if you haven't got insects, you'll need to get the paintbrush out, Jerry. Yes, I will. I, I will. Mean, you know, just very gently. I mean, if, if your little granddaughter has a sort of a, a watercolour brush, uh, just borrow it off her and, and show her how to do it, actually. But very, very gently, just when you can see the pollen on a dry day, midday, just brush the, the leaf over the, you know, and then you won't go over the whole sort of little little cone uh, in, in the middle, you know, and the pollen yes. um, the stamens. And then, you know, that will actually pollinate uh, the fruits. Lovely, lovely. I have the doors open anyway, so maybe yeah. a few stray uh, yeah. creatures will fly in yeah. there and, and help as well too. Now, t- let's, th- that's historically things are moving on there. What should we now be sowing this weekend? Well, you can sow pretty much everything apart from things like cucumbers uh, and squashes. And I don't sow those until the beginning of April because they actually romp away once once they get going. Uh, and, you know, it won't be warm enough for them for another month to, to even sort of think about putting them in a propagator. 
uh, because within a couple of weeks of being in a propagator, they need to go out uh, onto, onto the staging or onto a warm bench. Um, and, you know, it's just not going to be warm enough for mm. them. They're but, much more tender than tomatoes. But continue now with the rest of the tomatoes. The Absolutely, yeah. But you don't need to put things like cabbages and, uh, into propagators. You know, they, yeah. they'll actually germinate now yes. at room temperature in the house and then you can put them out onto, onto a bench in the greenhouse. They'll be absolutely fine. Again, covered with a bit of fleece at night if yeah. they need it. Oh, I meant to mention, we put in, myself and Ava put in a few rows of carrots last week in the tunnel. Uh, the the short-rooted variety. So they, they're in there as well and they'll take their own time. Um, what about now, you know the tradition in Ireland, St. Patrick's Day for planting the spuds outdoors. Could you go ahead if you had well, like I have a lot of well-sprouted uh, seeds yeah. in the dark, as you told me, uh, ready yeah. to come out. Should I, would I venture out to the outdoor bed no, with them yet? Put, don't put them outside now. And quite frankly, I mean, I've seen so many people being disappointed with potatoes planted on St. Patrick's Day. You know, it, that was the tradition many years ago. But our seasons and our weather have totally changed now. Um, and I actually start all my potatoes off now um, in pots in peat-free compost mm. and then plant them out later just like bedding plants. Now, people think I'm absolutely balmy but I can't understand it because I get great crops. I get them much earlier which means I miss the blight season which is great. They have a good crop under them before blight strikes. It's a great way to do them. You can start them off like that now or in the next couple of weeks. Now when you need, even on St. Patrick's Day put them into pots not in cold wet ground. Mm. You know you wouldn't do anything if you sat on cold wet ground <laughs> would you? No for sure. <laughs> Except turn your toes up. You know you you just really, it's, there's no point. Um, so put them into pots if you can. Um, you know, maybe earlys, with, with first earlys, you might get a crop if you plant on St. Patrick's Day. If, and it's a big if, if it's the soil's warmed up and you've got polythene or something over it to warm it up and it, it's dry enough. But nothing will do anything in a cold, wet soil. Yeah, okay. So hold That's off for a couple of weeks and then start them in the pots if you can and then put yeah. them out. Yeah. Yeah, but you will need to protect them once they're out because obviously they're going to come on a lot faster. Yes. You'll be so glad you took a little bit of trouble when you come. it comes to sort of June and you get lovely early potatoes. Yes, absolutely. Now, what about uh, too late for garlic? Oh, it's borderline now. Mm. Um, mm. There are some spring planting varieties. I saw some in, in Jones's Garden Centre. My son took me down there at the weekend. Uh, and um, they've got Solent White and a couple of other spring planting varieties. Um, I would start them off uh, in sort of modules or something and um, maybe under a north wall or something like that because garlic needs cold to develop its root system mm. first. Uh, don't put them into a polytunnel or somewhere because they'll just produce um, leaves. That's yes, all. yes, and nothing else. Uh, onions, you're, you're really, uh, just to emphasise again, seed, from seed rather than oh, set. I, I mean, they're so easy from seed, really, you know. Um, and actually, if you do them in modules, so sort of uh, three or five or seven seeds to a module, you get progressively smaller. You know, the more seeds you put in the mod- module, the progressively smaller the onions will be at the end that you harvest. But it depends what size you like your onions. I usually do mine in, in threes and fives, depending on the variety. Mm. Uh, and then uh, when they come up, and when I plant them out later on, uh, I plant them out about a foot apart. And they push each other apart and they produce perfect onions and they're much less likely to bolt, much less likely to get diseased. Yeah, I saw you one time, I remember, uh, you had a, a good-sized uh, tub and you packed the onions in, just leaving enough space. And by the time we looked at them at when they had matured, it was fantastic to see them filling the whole thing out and lovely-sized yeah. onions. And those were actually from sets. Now, I, I would uh, occasionally plant sets in tubs yeah. if I'm short, but okay. I, I, only organic ones. Yes. Um, 
and, and they're fine. You know, just keep them watered, look after them, and they'll be absolutely fine. But I wouldn't put any sets outside because they can carry disease. It's not worth it. Mm. Now, talk to me about... You're a fantastic proponent of eating a green salad every day and you have a year's supply of them there. And I wanted to ask you something about, you know, the tiny seeds like Rocket and these Mizuno salads and that. What is the best way to sow them? Well, again, I sow everything into modules now because by the time they're ready to plant out, they're bigger, they're much more resistant to slugs. I mean, so many, you know, gardeners actually sow um, these things into a cold, wet soil. They sit there for three weeks. They don't come up. One or two might come up. The slugs will eat the rest and that's it. You know, do them into modules. Just a tiny little sprinkle into each module with something like rocket with seed is very small. Um, And you'll have a lovely clump uh, to, to plant out. Um, later on, you know, in, in, in three or four weeks. Okay. Uh, they'll be much more resistant to pests, diseases and everything mm. else. And you'll get them much sooner. Yeah, they're a tiny seed. And when they yeah. grow, are they cut and comb, the rocket and these, generally these green salads? Yeah, most of them are. And that's how I like to sow lettuce as well. Uh, all of the, you know, the loose leaf lettuces. I mean, I adore little gems. But, you know, with little gems, they're an awful pain to grow uh, because you get little white slugs getting up into the heads. Even when they look perfect, you open it and there's little white slugs in and everyone gets those. There's nothing you could do about those. Mm. Um, but I tend to prefer the lettuces that you can actually pick a few leaves at a time. Yes. And we've got a wonderful bed of lettuce in the tunnel here at the moment we've been picking since the end of september and i'm going to tweet pictures tonight actually it looks absolutely stunning um you know the bed with all all the bits and pieces in it yes amazing Uh, and it'll go on for another month before i have other ones ready outside yes yes jackie's been on to say will you ask nikki should she water her herbs much parsley etc do they need much water well, it depends where they are. I mean, if they're dry, they need water, obviously. Yes. You know, if you, the best way to, to, to... It depends whether they're inside or outside, and nothing needs water outside right now. We've been flooded for weeks yes. here. Um, but inside, um, you know, scratch the soil a, a couple of inches away from, from the plant stem with your finger. And if it's dry down to about the first knuckle of your finger, then just give them a gentle water, but not right on the roots, just around the plant, not directly on the stem. OK, very good advice there. And just to finish... Um, it goes without saying, but uh, the way things are, we've talked about Brexit, but in the world today in general, growing your own makes sense. It really does make sense. You know, actually, what I, I promised to, to uh, mention today, too, because I phoned up Mr. Middleton this morning um, to look for cobra seed. I can't get French bean cobra seed anywhere. But I've been hoist by my own petard, unfortunately, because I've been telling everyone to grow it on my website. Then I went to get seed. There wasn't any. So, yes. <laughs> Mr. Middleton had promised to get it in for me by next Wednesday. They've got a great range of seed in there. And I promised I'd give them a mention. Oh, sure. Know. They're great. I order from yeah, them myself. Yeah. Can you sow cobra at the moment if you have the seed? No, not yet. Not no, yet. Luckily, Hang um, back. The beginning of April, I generally okay. sow mine. You know, yeah. Because the thing is, you've got to think about well, not just sowing them now and keeping them warm, but when they're going to go out later. Because, they're, again, they're very frost tender. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, get into that garden and rattle those pots and pans this weekend and beyond. Oh, because Absolutely, yeah. It's all systems go in the garden. NikkiKyleGardening.com. That's where all the, the good yeah. stuff is, isn't it? Can I, can I just mention one thing, Jerry? Getting out in the garden is so good for our mental health. You know, we're all feeling a bit stressed at the moment, yes. wondering what on earth is going to go on. There's a, a soil bacterium called Mycobacterium vacai. It's given off by a healthy soil in spring, in a tunnel or, or when it starts to warm up a little bit, and it actually stimulates the, res, the release of the hormone serotonin 
in our brains. It's, it's incredible how nature works. But it cheers us up. It makes us feel good. So get out there and exercise and get the sun on your face. That is the uh, words we want to hear. Those are the words we want to hear at this time. Until next month, happy gardening, Nikki Kyle. And the same to you and everybody else, Sherry. Thanks. Take care of yourself. That's the brilliant Nikki Kyle there, based in the Knoll. Wonderful woman, organic gardener, NikkiKyleGardening.com. And watch for those tweets this evening, and you'll be jealous. Your eyes will pop out with the wonderful range of salads she has. Competition time coming up on Late Lunch next. I have it. TV theme. Can you identify it? Continuing the salad theme, Tara Walker begins a new series with us today of spring dishes. She's going to rustle up a spring dish with us each Friday for the next six Fridays on Late Lunch, taking us up to Easter time. And today it's beetroot, caramelised apple, candied walnut, candied walnut and blue cheese salad. It's absolutely cracking, I promise you. That's coming up in a short while here on Late Lunch. But it's competition time. So what do you need? You need this number. 086-1800-658. Put it down. Write it down. Save it. 086-1800-658. That's the LMFM. What? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. WhatsApp and text number. And you'll need to give me your answer because I have a lovely prize to send out to one of you in late lunch land today. All you have to do is tell me to that number the theme that we're thinking about here. This is a theme from a famous TV show. It's beautiful, isn't it? I have the full song. It's the BBC Orchestra there playing that theme. What TV show? And it ran for years and years. Am I talking about 086 1800 658? 
for your answers, please. And we'll pick a winner for the lovely prize from Late Lunch on LMFM before the end of the show. Louise, you were rooting round yesterday for good news stories. And I know you're still at it today, but I have a good news story to tell you about. Great. And uh, I tell you, it only came to me on my way to LMFM earlier today as I was driving in. I don't know whether you saw it uh, or noticed it, but David did. David was in touch with me to remind me. And I was going to mention it anyway. Here were all these young people in high-vis vests on Ratmullen Road and further afield down Marley's round the place, all litter-picking. Ah, oh, brilliant. The, the students from St. Oliver's College beside us here. Well done to everybody. Well done to your teachers. Great awareness. The school, well done as well to uh, the uh Students themselves, Louise, who are out and about, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, doing the pick-up. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? It is, and it, it, it makes them aware of their surroundings and everything. Yes, doesn't it, it? it does, it does. And it just did me heart good. You know, you're looking for positive good yeah, news stories to see something like that. Fair play yeah. to them. And I have to say, where I live, most days, if not every day, I always see, I don't know who she is, but there's a lady that walks most of, say, from Sandpit all the way up to Termenfecken and back every day with a litter picker in her hand and just and a bag. And as she walks to the shop or wherever she's going, she picks up any litter she sees on the road and then on the other side of the road as on her way back. And I just think that's brilliant. It is fantastic. Fair play to her. Yeah, and I don't know who she is, but... She, Fair play to you. Uh, that's Always great. Seen. Yeah, and the volunteers who do that. But I just saw them today and I thought, isn't that just fantastic to see people taking pride? And it's something, that, that, it'd be great to see that on a sort of a regular basis. You know what I mean? Just not as a one stop. Maybe they do periodically or something like that. But it's great to see it beginning anyway. And, and the more litter they have in their bag, the more people realise, oh, yes. that is how much litter. It's yeah. not just one piece of paper that no. I'm throwing. It all adds up. Oh, it really does all add up. It does indeed. Anyway, congratulations. Well done to you. Uh, you brighten my day and uh, good to see that David noticed it as well. Late lunch LMFM, Tara's on the way shortly but taking us towards our next break on the show today it is Take That and I absolutely love this one. It's a cracker and one since it was released many moons ago that's always made me smile when I hear it. Yes, it's the brilliant Take That and Back For Good. I guess now it's time for me to give up. I'm back at East Coast Cookery School for the spring of 22 and we start a new series with Tara Walker today. Spring Dish is taking us from now into Easter time. Tara, it's great to be back and to see the days picking up, getting longer and spring. We're all set to go. I know, isn't it lovely, Jerry? We're lucky today. It's lovely and sunny out there um, as we're recording this and it just feels like spring is in the air. It does indeed. And you today are starting the series off with a very interesting dish, beetroot, caramelised apple, candied walnut and blue cheese salad. Yummy. Yes, Jerry. So look, this one I suppose you could do year round, but I'm using beetroot, which is in season, and butterhead lettuce. I love butterhead lettuce. Irish butterhead lettuce Mm. in season is just absolutely gorgeous. So we're going to candy some walnuts and we're going to just roast our beetroot whole. And then after that, you can kind of, you know, play around with all the other bits. I'm using apples. You could use pear. You could leave it out altogether if you wanted. So I have a little roasting dish here and I've just lined it with some baking paper. 
and I'm going to pop my walnuts in. So we're going to candy them. If you've never candied a nut before, can I suggest you try? It's such a nice way to enjoy. I love nuts myself. Like they're a great source of protein. They're a great quick snack. But for something really tasty um, and you can garnish lots of different things. I know we're putting it in a salad today, but you can garnish beautiful mushroom soup. Like with candied hazelnuts, beautiful. It really adds flavour to them. So I've just filled my little dish there. It's not a huge roasting dish, as you can see, just a sort of small one. And I'm pouring some sugar over the walnuts now. And I'm doing this very laissez-faire, just, you know, you don't need big kind of exact amounts. Just make sure each walnut has a good coating of sugar on it. And then just sprinkling a little bit of water over, not too much. You can go with honey here if you want, but to be honest, it's such a small, I mean, I haven't even used a teaspoon of sugar there. And I'm just sprinkling little bits of water over and into the oven now about 200 degrees for five to ten minutes do keep an eye on them after five minutes give them a little shake and a move around because what will happen is the ones at the edges on the top will start kind of cooking more than the others and we're going to get great flavor from this while i'm here as well i'm just going to throw this whole beetroot into the oven it's just a whole beetroot wrapped in tin foil and we'll come back to that in a little while how long will the beetroot take depends on the size half an hour to 40 minutes you've just reached into the oven there and taken out the candied Walnuts. Yes, so you can see these ones at the top and at the edge are just getting a little darker than the ones at the centre. So we just move them around and just make sure they're evenly coated. Because, you know, if you do cook nuts a lot, and I love toasting them just even on a dry pan, they can burn very, very quickly. So you just kind of want to mine them a little bit. So you're going to give them just another moment there, is it now, just to make sure that that's all round candied? Exactly, maybe like two minutes or so, yeah. (laughs) So while we're waiting for the uh, walnuts and the beetroot to emerge from the oven... For this recipe, it's time to turn to the apple. Yes, so I'm going to do a little bit of caramelised apple, or you could use pear, even plum would be lovely in this. Just, just want to get that little bit of sweetness from it, you know. So I just have a large knob of butter going into my pan here. And when it starts to foam, I'm going to add my slices of apple. So I have little wedges of apple, essentially. And just sit them on. Now, it's important to leave them alone for a moment or two so that they get that nice coloration on them. If you keep moving them around, they won't get that nice coloration and they'll soften too much. I like to use an eating apple for this rather than a cooking apple because it holds its shape and it holds itself a little bit better. Whereas a cooking apple, which is what you want from, you know, an apple tart or whatever, where it's kind of gone down into a stewed apple. We don't want that for this because we want this to give us a little piquancy with everything else. Love the sound on the pan. Let's listen in. Oh, yeah, the apple slices there. So don't get fussy with these. Don't be tempted to move them around. Leave them sit. Exactly. Leave them alone now for a minute or two, and then we'll turn them and just finish them off on the other side. So we're really more looking for caramelisation as opposed to cooked through. And the butter gives the caramelisation. I have sugar in my head, you know? Yeah, well, obviously the apple has its natural sugars, yes. which will mix then. They'll come out and mix with the butter, so it's lovely. Great. The beetroot and the candied walnuts have emerged from the oven a few moments ago and Tara's left them sitting on the counter here just to cool. Yeah, just want to be able to handle the beetroot. So I've opened the tinfoil and I have some gloves here just because I don't want all the juices from the beetroot to go under my nails as I'm peeling it. So I'll do that now in a moment. Just want to check my potatoes. uh, My potatoes. It's like the French word is pomme de terre for apples. That's what I was thinking of. (laughs) So you can see lovely caramelisation on these on both sides and I've just set some nice butterhead lettuce leaves out onto a plate and I've kept the kind of I've used the sort of younger more crisp ones if you know what I mean from the center and here's my apple going on just pop it around 
and I'm going to crumble my blue cheese over now. So that little bit of caramelised apple is going to actually give a little bit of warmth to everything. It'll warm the lettuce leaves without wilting it. So here's my blue cheese. I'm using Roquefort because I like the creamy texture of it. But of course you can use an Irish cheese if you want to use Cashel Blue. We have a lovely um, Boyne Valley Blue in the region here. So whatever you fancy. I just kind of like the crumbliness of this. And it's sort of, well, it's crumbly and creamy, whereas some of the others are just very crumbly and slightly dry, which I love in certain contexts. But for this, I just like that creaminess. So nice Fantastic. and generous with that. And then my beetroot, I'm just going to start peeling the skin off now and cut it into little cubes. Delicate operation there. No bother to Tara. She can fly through this quickly. She's done this many million times before. Anyway, so you're just now popping on little cubes again of the beetroot on top of everything else on the plate there. Exactly. And then I'm going to dress it now. I have some dressing here, which I've made already, which is my usual French dressing. It is a little bit of Dijon mustard, equal quantities of olive oil and cider vinegar. And then I have a whole clove of garlic in here, but the clove of garlic is whole, if you see what I mean. I haven't chopped it down. Just give it a good shake around. I keep it in the fridge. That's how I have one made ahead. And now we're almost there. This is the simplest dish, really. There's not a lot of stages involved in this. You can rustle this up in jig time. Exactly. But I think the biggest thing about it, it's the combination of flavours. Mm. And this is what I love about food. Like, you know... We're also in this series doing a braise of lovely spring greens and chicken, which has a few more steps to it. It's still very easy, but more kind of complicated, I suppose, in terms of how you cook it. Whereas this is more, apart from the caramelising of the apples and throwing the walnuts and the beetroot into the oven, there's very little work to do. And yet the flavour you're going to get from this is unbelievable. So the candied walnuts have just been added as the crowning glory to this dish. And let me remind you again what we're talking about here. It is the first in our series of spring dishes with Tara Walker at East Coast Cookery School. And today it's beetroot, caramelised apple, candied walnut and blue cheese salad. And I think we're nearly ready to have a little yes. taste Do you here. Your fork, Jerry? Uh, thank you very much indeed. So important to get a little piece of everything. Everything, exactly. Now, this is it. So cheese, apple... Candied walnut. Have I got him? I have too many apples there. Here, I have them, I have them, I have them. And a little bit of the lettuce with the dressing on it. That's the important thing here. Let me lift up a leaf there. I have it. Here we go. Lovely. Mmm. It's a 10 from Len. <laughs> as they say on Strictly. Oh, my God. The combination is out of this world. Isn't it gorgeous? Now, you could have that as a starter. I mean, I do a sort of a variation of that for my Christmas starters. But you can have it as a lovely big kind of tea time, you know, with some nice crusty bread, for example, a nice spring tea or a lovely lunch either. If you had a friend popping over for a nice lunch and a nice glass of white wine, nice sharp Sauvignon Blanc or something, be really nice with that. And I want to come back to something you said earlier and re-emphasize this from the gardener's perspective. But I agree with you when you taste that there. In season, butterhead, Irish lettuce, number one. It's one of my favourites. I mean, I would just eat a big bowl of that dress. Now, you do need a nice dressing. Like, when you have it just on its own, it's a bit bland. But a nice, sharp dressing like that... When it's in season, I would often just have a huge bowl of that on the side of my my meals Mm, mm. because it's so fresh and it really helps move your digestion. You know, if you've eaten a lot and then you have that afterwards, it just aids with your digestion as well and lightens you. The end of my first visit for 2022 springtime to East Coast Cookery School and I am speaking with a full mouth. It's bad manners, (laughs) but I don't care. This is just simply outstanding. And again, reminding you the recipe today, beetroot, caramelised apple, candied walnut, and blue cheese salad. Tara, I can't wait to come back. (laughs) 
for the next episode. If this is anything to go by, we're on a real winner this springtime. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Jerry. Good to see you as always. We've had people on Louise asking us about the donations to the Red Cross for Ukraine. And as I mentioned earlier, you can donate on lmfm.ie forward slash aid. Now, some people are saying, you know yourself, Louise, and we always have this. Uh, somebody saying there, can we send money into LMFM? Don't no. send any money, please. Don't send any money into us here at all on this one. And others saying, well, we're not really an online person. Well, look, at, I'll, I'll tell you what you can do. I'm going to give you a couple of ways. Um, you can contact the Red Cross directly and their mm. number is 01-642-4600. That's 01-642-4600. And I, I've just realised on post are, on post are taking donations Right, for the Red Cross. Office. Any post office you can go into Monday to Friday and Saturday morning and donate to the Red Cross at your local post office. So there you are. You can travel okay. in and make your donations there as well. Don't uh, hijack the postman. Uh, well, no. no <laughs> On his rounds. No, not him either. You must go to your, to your local post office for that one. You know, I mentioned seeing the children out picking the litter, which is fantastic. The other thing, when you look around you, on the way in, the daffodils are mm. beautiful, aren't they, They're out gorgeous. front, just at LMFM there. And the way there's nothing, say, a few weeks ago, then they peep, up they come, and there's the little... Oh, the little yellow Colour. flowers. Oh, aren't they lovely? They're, they're just harbingers of spring for sure. And you see, myself and Louise <laughs> were having a little crack about this. And she <laughs> says, eh, did you do a daffodil poem at school? Most people, didn't they? Most people did a daffodil yeah, poem studied it. in school. And, started, and Louise was saying, well, you know that poetry in school? <sighs> what was the poet thinking when they were writing it? Do you remember that? I'm thinking of a daffodil. <laughs> yeah, and, and you had to analyse it as a yeah, child. from a leave In a school here, from a leave insert point of view. Trying to get into the mind of, of uh, what you call him, WB8, so don't get me started Wordsworth. there. Words with Paddy Cavan and people like that. But... We, 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 this is funny, isn't it? Because tree is a tree. It's nothing else. <laughs> Doesn't personify the poet's struggle and between conflict between his inner self and, I don't know, choice of bread. <laughs> don't bring me back there. Please, please. I don't want to go there. But you, we, we, we had two different daffodil poems. Isn't this yeah. interesting? Like, I just thought my one was the best known. I never heard of your one. Well, w- w- your one is by who? Wordsworth. Oh, and you did, this was yours in school, was mm-hmm. it? you have it there have read it for us go on read it and then I'll read mine uh, uh, the daffodil poem okay away you go you, what's the title of your one I wandered lonely as a cloud away you go I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high or vales and hills when all at once I saw a crowd a host of golden daffodils beside the lake beneath the trees fluttering and dancing in the breeze continuous as the stars that shine and twinkle on the milky way they stretched a never-ending line along the margin of a bay. Ten thousand saw I at a glance, tossing their heads in sprightly dance. The waves beside them dance, but they outdid the sparkling waves in glee. A poet could not but be gay in such a joking company. I gazed and gazed, but little thought what wealth the show to me had brought. For oft when on my couch I lie in vacant or in pensive mood, they flash upon that inward eye which is the bliss of solitude. And then my heart with pleasure fills and dances with the daffodils. Well done, you. Well done. <laughs> that brings back you memories. You were a model student in school. You see, that was just like getting back on the bike and away you went there. Yeah, I closed my eyes. Again. I closed my eyes when you read that and I pictured, I 
you know, I focused on the Miles words. Miles of daffodils. And it's a lovely poem, isn't yeah. it? It's beautiful. It's really uplifting. Now, I'm going That's to bring... I'm going to bring the mood down here. I am with mm. my poem. I, I apologise in advance. But my one, which I studied at school, was by Robert Herrick. And it's Fair Daffodils... We weep to see you. You know, that's the, the first line. I'll give you the first line. Anyway, that's what it is. Fair Daffodils is the name of the poem by Robert Herrick. And this is the one we did on our curriculum. I'll just read it for you. Fair Daffodils, we weep to see you haste away so soon, as yet the early rising sun has not attained its noon. Stay, stay until the hasting day has run, but to the even song, and having prayed together, we will go with you along. We have short time to stay as you. We have as short a spring, as quick a growth to meet decay, as you are anything. We die as your hours do and dry away, like to the summer's rain, or as the pearls of morning's dew, ne'er to be found again. Oh, that's a bit sad. It is sad. I've never heard that before. It is the life of the daffodil. It Mm. is our lives. It is our human, fragile lives as well, that we appear and peep up and we Die grow. and decay. Yes, and, and that is the reality. That was by Robert Herrick and that was the one I studied when I was uh, uh, in short pants and at the desk a long, long time ago. Uh, but uh, again, like that, you'd be asked to, you know, analyse. Yeah, alliteration, yeah. assonance. Yeah, and that's deep, isn't it? There's, a, there's something there's, deep there is in that very much thought-provoking in mm, yours. Yeah, but I love yours. Whereas mine is, I think, full of colour and just joy or something yeah. just being out in nature yeah but that's what daffodils are Louise that's what they are they do that for you I just love the flowers and of course daffodil day is coming up uh, soon too uh, and uh, that's a big day all over the country for, for the Irish Cats be able society. to get back out there again yes, for the first this time year, in they will. Years. they will they'll be out and about and that's a, a, another miss there's been in the couple of years the daffodil sellers uh, will be out again with the pins and the daffodils and it's a very very worthy cause that I love to support too each year the apprentice Please. you're fired <laughs> I love it that's me that's me sugar baby you actually you're want fired. somebody to say that to you don't you yeah yeah okay. it's just great so it is it's just great but anyway they're down to the final six now and usually then there's five in the final you know what I mean the five of them and they whittle them down then to, to the final two you're not as two. impressed with them this year are you oh, not at all I no. think they're lightweights I absolutely think that. and, and what, I, what I do know and I mentioned there's a second series coming uh, later this year and it's normal time it's normally autumn into Christmas and it is coming they'll be working on that in the summer but these are a lightweight crew for sure there's only five of them left now and I, I have a hunch six left sorry the six to go half a dozen I think next week he's going to sack two of them that there'll only actually be four going forward you know what I mean to the semi-final of it I think I think I could be wrong but we'll see anyway uh, but uh Oh my God Almighty, they had to sell on the shopping channel last night. That was the task, you know what I mean? Mm. And one of the crowds, I couldn't believe it. You know what they bought? A pink flamingo. You know that little thing that you float in (laughs) to sell on the shopping channel in the name of... God Almighty! But they actually—it's all won. about the sale, though. They it's won not the task. The they won the task, even with the bloody pink flamingos. But I just love The Apprentice. It's something that I really, really enjoy, and I, of course, it is pure entertainment for sure. Anyway, still to come on late lunch this afternoon. Yes, David Sheehan looks ahead to the sporting weekend. It's soccer all the way here at home and across the water. No Six Nations, uh, no uh, National Football League on this week in GAA. And, of course, I will bring the curtain down on my soundtrack from my movie uh, sing. That's all coming up after three o'clock on the show. But heading towards news, weather and sport 
at three o'clock. It's a brilliant one. Come on, this will get you going for the weekend. It's George Harrison and Got My Mind Set On You. Yeah, you, you, you. Stay with us on Late Lunch. I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on you. Thank you to everybody who's been in touch with us on WhatsApp or text with an answer to our TV theme. And uh, nearly everybody right, a few off the mark. I can tell you that it's not the uh, Darling Buds of May, nor it's not Little House on the Prairie. Have a listen again and uh, I'll tell you which show this is the theme from. beautiful it's so beautiful and just reminds me of summertime being out and about and it was uh, of course the theme from last of the summer wine aired on bbc from 1973 till 2010 73 till 2010 some run and it was uh, shot at holmfirth in west yorkshire beautiful place compo foggy clegg and of course the wonderful Nora Batty, who could ever forget her? Anyway, well done to Jimmy Hoy from Black Rock. We're sending out you to you, Jimmy, the uh, wee gift from late lunch this afternoon. Louise, you mentioned a message uh, that came in there uh, on WhatsApp to us. Uh, I mentioned the litter pickers uh, from St. Oliver's Community College doing a great job. And somebody made a point back to us, didn't they, on the WhatsApp a moment ago? Yeah, um, they were just saying that, isn't it? It's great that the litter pickers are out and about and taking pride. But generally speaking, this country doesn't take pride in their beautiful surroundings by dropping litter in the first place. Yes. Whereas on the other side, there are Ukrainians going back because of their pride in the country to fight yeah, my God, yeah. for their, their surroundings. When you think of the, the sacrifices they're willing to mm. make. That's a point well made a indeed. Point. Uh, yes, it's great to see it being picked up, but in the first place, don't. Don't throw it around. Don't dump it. Dispose of it properly and look after her. If we all looked after our own litter, by God, the place would be absolutely beautiful. Another one there that I, I meant to read is actually from yesterday. It says, Afternoon, Jerry, Loving your show. Wonder if you could give some airtime, please, to how we go about taking in a family from the Ukraine. That came in from Katrina yesterday. Look, that that is on the horizon and it's a developing situation. And yeah. we will be coming back to it here. We will be coming back to it indeed when we know more about it or what's happening. To be there out, are, isn't there? there are indeed. But... We will be coming back to that, I promise you, here on uh, LMFM Radio. Now, the curtain is about to fall on my soundtrack for this week. And of course, it is from the brilliant animated movie Sing. And Sing 2 is in the cinemas at the moment. And I have to say, my movie reviewer, Miss Ava Flynn, has been to see it and gives it five stars. She says it's even better than Sing the original. There you go. That's some recommendation. Got to go and see it. I'm going to go and see it with her, to be honest. She said she'd go for a second time. Anyway, the soundtrack of the original Sing was released shortly before the movie itself on the 9th of December 2016. The movie actually came out just on the cusp of Christmas, the 21st. It made it to number two in the US charts, the soundtrack, number six in the UK, where it was certified gold, selling in excess of 100,000 copies. 
the original soundtrack featured 18 tracks, including an original song called Faith, a duet featuring the brilliant Stevie Wonder and Ariana Grande. And as I mentioned, there are 65 songs in total through the movie. And today, to conclude a week of music from Sing, it's an absolute classic, featuring the original performers, Queen and Mr. David Bowie. Queen, David Bowie and Under Pressure from Sing on your late lunch this afternoon. Finishing off a week focusing on the soundtrack and the movie Sing and Sing 2, I say again, in cinemas at the moment. We'll have another soundtrack for you next week from Musical or a Movie. Finishing us off on late lunch today, as is our want each Friday, is a look ahead to the weekend in sport. And joining us once again is our presenter of Sunday Sport, David Sheehan. Friday afternoon and time to look ahead to the weekend in sport. No Six Nations this week and the National Football Leagues in abeyance too. So it's soccer all the way and we begin at home with the League of Ireland this evening on the Windmill Road, Drogheda, at home to UCD. David Sheehan, you've watched them last week against Shelburne, during the week against Shamrock Rovers. There's no understating this. This is a massive game tonight. Yeah, huge game. You know, Drogheda United, Jerry, would have been, along with UCD and, and Finn Harps, would have been three of the teams that people would have been tipped, and possibly Shelburne to be, to be in the relegation mix. Uh, so Drogheda, you know, no no points from the first two games. Obviously, the first weekend game against, against Finn Harps didn't go ahead, but... Look, the Shelburne game, they, they were they were okay for a large part of that game. Shelburne probably just edged it. But on, on Monday night, I thought they played quite well for a large part of the first half. Just got caught with a softish goal after about 20 minutes and then Jack Byrne hit a, a screamer coming into half time. But they pulled one back to Ohada and they had Shamrock Rovers really pinned back for about 10, 15 minutes after that. Then just got caught on the break right at the end, a sloppy pass and Graham Burke runs into acres of space. I, I do think the keeper should have come off his line a bit quicker to close it down. But regardless of that, Burke rolls it in 3-1. But I thought there was enough in the game to, to show the draw to have a bit about them this year and that they've enough good players. I thought Georgie Pointing was good. Um, Sean Rowan, who came in to make his debut, was very good at centre-back. So there were a few players to come back in. How many of them will be back tonight, we're not sure. But uh, I thought there was there was enough encouragement on, on Monday night to, to show the draw how they might be able to like keep themselves out of trouble. But for all that... You know they've lost. They've lost the first two games of the season. You know yourself. You don't want to go too long into a season without getting a win. They're at home against UCD, potential relegation rivals. They really should be winning tonight. And they really, well, they really have to win tonight. I would say. You know, it's a game that they really would want to be getting a win from. So uh, let's hope that's what happens. It's going to be tough. UCD have drawn their last two games, um, and they're no mugs, but. Trotter would really want to be getting the win tonight and get themselves off the mark. And I don't want to rub it in, but UCD are Trotter's number one bogey side. Have always been since they came into league football, and that's another difficulty I think for them as well. But we'll see. Anyway, they're home tonight, and they have the opportunity of putting three points on the board. And you'll be there. And the match is available here on LMFM.ie or on the app. Now tomorrow. The West of Ireland beckons for Dundalk. They've had a great start. Uh, a win and two draws. Uh, they're unbeaten at this stage. And Sligo Rovers doing nicely as well. Beating St. Pat's, drawing in Derry. They've showed their credentials as well. Two unbeaten sides. Is something going to give? 
Yeah, it's an interesting one, this. I mean, as you said, Dundalk with two high-scoring draws to begin their season and then that 3-0 win against Harps on Monday night. But, I mean, from talking to Adrian Taff and from other people that are at the game, Finn Harps could have been two or three up in the first half of that game. So it wasn't just as comprehensive as it looked. Stigo, yeah, really good win away to St. Pat's. Their game in the first weekend of the season again was, was postponed because of, of the weather. Good win away to St. Pat's and then a good 0-0 draw up in Derry on Monday. So, you know, Liam Buckley just has a knack of getting the most out of his side year in, year out. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this is another another two-all draw, Jerry. I think this could be a, a really exciting game. It's tomorrow evening, as you said, um, and it should be a really cracking game. It'll be one uh, worth watching if people can get a hold of it online. But um, yeah, a really interesting game. And Dundalk have started and they've shown a bit more solidity and a bit more, I think, a bit more enthusiasm, a bit more pace than they had last season. So I, I have a feeling that could be another, another two-all. 2-2, David's predicting there for Dundalk Sligo in the showgrounds tomorrow evening. And again, that match here on LMFM Radio, on the app or online. Now let's go cross water to the Premier League. And there's just simply one show in town, David, this weekend. It's the Manchester Derby, City against United. City, they have to be favourites to win this one. They've uh, the crowing rights now in terms of league titles in recent years. And they're in, in great form. But a blip against, of course, but they picked up after that. How do you see this one going? Well, it's interesting just looking at the at the last... I went back and looked at the last seven games between the two sides in the Premier League and you would imagine that it would be maybe 5-2 to City in terms of wins, but it's actually three wins each and one draw. So it's a lot more evenly kind of uh, poised than people might imagine. In the last five games in the league, as you mentioned there, City have three wins, one draw, and that defeat against Spurs. United, two wins and three draws, and they drew at Watford last weekend, which would have been a really disappointing one for them. You would have to give City the, City the nod here. I think, you know, they rested Rodri, Raheem Sterling and Kevin De Bruyne during the week. They'll pr- presumably all come back into the side. A lot of eyes on whether Cristiano Ronaldo will start this game, Jerry. You know, he's been uh, getting a lot of criticism. His work rate isn't maybe what, well, his work rate was never great, let's be honest about it, but it's not getting any better as he gets older. So I think it'll be an interesting one to see whether Ranić goes with Ronaldo to start. Away at City, you'd imagine maybe best to leave him on the bench and bring him on near the end. Uh, I think it'll be a close game. You, we, as we said there, the record shows that it'll be tight enough, but you'd have to fancy City to, to get the win, all right. But um, it's a re- an intriguing game in prospect, and you can never rule Manchester, Manchester United in these games, for sure. Oh, yes, derbies, no matter where teams are in the league or how they're going, they're a different animal altogether. Now, the other big game uh, of the weekend is Liverpool against West Ham. Uh, Liverpool certainly on City's heels. West Ham pushing for a European place. Liverpool win the League Cup last weekend, progress in the FA Cup. But big disappointment for Hammers fans. Out of the FA Cup to Southampton. So now it's uh, that fourth place they really have to go for. Yeah, all their eggs are in, are in that basket now. And yeah, they would have been disappointed to lose to Southampton. Southampton in, in great form at the moment, actually. But um, yeah, West Ham getting dumped out of the cup during the week. I was looking at this one, uh, just looking back to stats. West Ham haven't won at Anfield since 2015. It was a 3-0 win. Philippe Coutinho got sent off that day. That was during Brendan, Brendan Rodgers' time in charge. But that was West Ham's only win in the Premier League era at Anfield. So the odds are stacked against them here. They did win uh, the reverse fixture at the London Stadium in November. 3-2 win for them there. Uh, but they uh, they haven't really got a good record at Anfield at all. And Liverpool, off the back of that win against Chelsea last weekend and the cup win during the week, uh, you'd imagine that their their tails will be up for this one and, and they should get the win. I mean, you know, they've won their last five on the bounce in, in the, the Premier League, Jerry. They're in good form. West Ham have had a little bit of a middling run lately, two draws, two wins and a, and a defeat. So you'd have to fancy Liverpool in all seriousness to get the win here. It won't be easy. West Ham are a good side, but 
I think I'll, I'll give Liverpool the, the, the nod here for maybe a 2-0 win or something like that. Thanks, David. And uh, don't forget to join David if you're not going along to the Drogheda game this evening. It is online on lmfm.ie or on the app. And on Sunday Sport, David? Yeah, we've got national uh, ladies' national football league coverage. Uh, Loud are taking on down. Colin Corrigan is going to head up to that one. And we've A-League action for me as well. The A-League action is back in full swing after a few weeks postponement. So we'll have an A-League game as well. Brendan Cummins will be out and about for us. So, uh, yeah, plenty to come. And good to see local action coming back. A little bit of a break from the intercounty scene for the weekend. It is indeed. Sunday Sport with David Sheehan this Sunday afternoon. Until Friday next on Late Lunch. Thank you so much, David. Thanks, Jerry. Well, we have a deluded listener anyway. Leeds all the way, Jerry. Yes, all the way to the championship this year. Bye-bye, Leeds. New manager. Well, she, you never know. You generally get a bounce with a new guy in charge, don't you? But I got to get them players back fit that they need. Bamford is, is a key man for them and they'll need him. They really will between now and the end. But look, hope springs eternal. That's the way you have to look at it. And a new beginning with a new man in charge after the Bielsa era. Anyway, that's a lot on late lunch for this week. A big thank you to all our guests who joined us through the week. To you, our listeners, who are with us every day. We really appreciate your company. And to my producer, Louise Walsh. Thanks a million, Louise. Couldn't do it without you. And uh, we're ready to rock and roll, please God, with a brand new week of late lunch from Monday at 1.30. It's to be a lovely weekend, weather-wise. Get out and enjoy the beautiful sunshine. We'll be back Monday 1.30. Eddie Caffrey's on the way with the drive here on LMFM Radio. Don't forget that League of Ireland game tonight and tomorrow night. Uh, Drogheda and Dundalk in action online or on the LMFM app for sports fans. Have a lovely weekend. See you Monday 1.30. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Drogheda, Dundalk and Cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sandero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.